0: The following was recorded in someone's basement. Welcome to the Pro Wrestling Outsider Show, The Pro Show! With your hosts, Kyle Joseph and Mark Cote. Take it away, guys! This is Kyle here in the P.W.O. show studio I am all alone this evening Mark has a prior engagement Life gets in the way as we know We are hoping to get together again next week For our Crown Jewel preview show We'll discuss uh, the build The matches, the aftermath, all that before uh, the night of spooky, spooky costumes So this week, it's just me in the studio Gonna break down some of the uh, my thoughts uh, With regards to the WWE Draft Because I didn't have a chance to talk about it last week I'm also going to discuss Jake the Snake's one-man show I had the pleasure of going to And uh, lastly... Uh, Just some other other random topics uh, that I want to talk about and uh, get off my chest. So stay tuned. We will be back. Enjoy the break. And uh, don't go away. Thanks so much for sticking around. It is Kyle here once again in the Puo Show studio. It is Draft Talk Now. Draft 2019. We had a draft a couple years ago. We're back here. Mark shared his thoughts. I wanted to take the opportunity to share mine, let you know how I think it's going. So let's get into it. So first things first, I like the idea of the draft. I like the fact that you have dedicated rosters for each show. We have dedicated opening music we have dedicated stages we have dedicated announcement teams I think it's only fitting that you have dedicated rosters to build each show's own identity Uh, so that being said thumbs up for me in terms of actually having a draft and ultimately I feel like that's where it ends in terms of the thumbs up for me I am gonna have to really Uh, give the draft the gears in terms of... I think this was a really giant missed opportunity. So let's break it down here. First things first, this should have been its own show on the network. So that way you can have your regular matches on the shows, but then you can really, really push this draft and make it something really special. I did like that they brought in various people from the different networks and different Shows in terms of them talking about the draft, but they should have been included more so in the draft. So right off the top, if you had it on data, if you all had it on the WD network, then you could bring in talents from the network, so from USA, from Fox, and have them call the draft picks. We often see in sports you'll have legends of a of a particular team will come out and draw out the next name. I think that was a missed opportunity. That would have been great to really take each show and really absorb it into the network. Um, I think it would have been really neat just to see who they could get out there. Um, I did like the war room, despite how goofy it was. I just felt like the way that the draft order was set up where you had each round consisted of five picks and you had three for raw and two for SmackDown. The reactions from the war rooms didn't make any sense because had you drawn, called out one name, go back to the war room come back out on the stage, draw the next name, go back to the war room. Then at least the interactions would make sense. But because Stephanie went up there and she called five picks in a row, each show would have had to already known who was available. So I know I get it. I get it. I'm sure you're all yelling at me going, you know, this is predetermined and that's fine. But I love when wrestling has this sense of it's possible. Logistically, or fundamentally you can make it so it seems more realistic. And that was the other thing too, is they could have used Fox's experience in sports. You know, there is more and more tying wrestling with sports back again. Um, AEW has done a great job with using TSN, and TSN now covers AEW content on their sports page, uh, which I love. Fox has those, you know, they had the college football analysts in there and all that other stuff, so why not use their capabilities and really build out a proper draft, you know, where Stephanie comes out and says the next draft pick is this, and then you have somebody from the network come and shake hands, and guess what? That person who got drafted, they come out and they walk up on the stage and they shake hands. Like, let's just really do it properly. Um, You know, they did talk about how with the dedicated people we wouldn't have people showing up in either show there's a bit of an exception with that when you factor in the 24 7 championship and the women's tag they talked a little bit briefly with regards to the kabuki warriors if they lose their championship they'll stick on raw but they haven't really and i'm interested to see what happens now with the brand split how they're going to deal with those belts that go back and forth or we are going to start seeing that it only transfers shows through a pay-per-view so i guess we'll have to find out for that um Becky number one makes sense. Seth not in the first round doesn't make sense. Now I know that ultimately the, the you know the order doesn't matter, but they've used it on a couple of circumstances where they've actually mentioned when they got drafted, so it does matter. And if you have the PWI number one wrestler in the world, the future of WWE, the next John Cena per se, how does he not go in your first round? How does he not go if you're not going to put him on SmackDown? How does he not go to Raw? And then all you do is you just draft a woman on SmackDown and it kind of balances things out. But I did love when Sasha and Bailey challenged the Miz on his draft pick. He was like, "It doesn't matter. I'm the one who makes the show. I'm the one that people are here to see, who are here to listen to." So he put those ideas of the draft not mattering in people's perspectives but at the same time again if you're going to say it matters then write your story like it matters uh, the other thing I didn't really like was the eligible names so the Smackdown had some and the Raw show had a, a different one I think it was like 30 and 40 it just didn't really flow well with me I just didn't really understand it why you wouldn't just say they're all eligible but only draft whoever uh, it would have made a lot more sense so, you know, there's that. I Again, I just think it was a really missed opportunity to make something really neat, really special and utilizing the resources you have available to, to do something with it. Um, they talked about a trade involving Alexa and Nikki going over to SmackDown for future considerations. But, I don't know. And then you have these free agents that were signing and it just seems like a... A bit of... We don't know what to do with them quite yet. We're still working on it. But we don't have enough time to really figure it out. So let's flip them over after. And I don't know. I just feel like it really lacked that... What's the right word I'm looking for here? And I don't have Mark to play off me. Because he's not beside me. Um, it just didn't have the right je ne sais quoi. Um, because I'm copying out here. And... Uh, so in the end, I don't know. I think there's better opportunities, things to be um, done that could have made it really a really special event. And hopefully, for at least the next five years, we don't have another draft. We don't have a superstar shakeup. We don't have uh, whatever. I really think that going forward, every year, if you're going to bring up NXT roster, do it sports style. Draft them. Because you're already calling them out and saying they're coming to your show anyways. So let's draft them. And if you're gonna have somebody switch from one show to another, put it up on the on you know Trade Center. Put it up on, you know, your your social medias, utilize the tickers on Fox Sports One and USA Network, and just by breaking news. Seth Rollins has been traded from Raw to SmackDown. It, going back in return, we have Roman Reigns and I don't know, you can do Shelton Benjamin, something like that. You know, like actually make it worthwhile. And I really think this is an opportunity to bring back the GMs because I think also that would help facilitate the shows each having their own identity. Uh, Like I said before, I really wish Paige would come back. I thought she was great in the role. And that was actually the the last time I think I enjoyed Shane McMahon on television was when he wasn't being the best in the world. And I think... The right GM, it worked out. I didn't actually like the GM setup on Raw because I didn't like Stephanie's involvement in it. I'd like to see them back. Don't ask me who. Realistically speaking, I just want somebody that can help move stories along without getting themselves too interjected where they'll become part of the story or they need to be inserted into a match. No, I don't think it's Kurt Angle. I think you need to have somebody who has personality that can flow really well. Like Paige does, like Daniel Bryan did. um, Lots of opportunity there to insert these roles and really better help shape how the draft operated and what happens after the draft. So there we go. There's my comments. I think it was a big miss for the draft for WWE. I think there's better opportunities there. Hopefully, going down the road, they'll utilize their resources, utilize the experience that the networks have, and create a better show out of it all right after the break i was lucky enough to hang out with jake the snake roberts we're going to talk about it stay tuned you wake up in Thank you so much for sticking around once again you know who it is it's kyle here in the studio hope you enjoy our lovely break music courtesy of locally made zoo legacy and once again if you have some music out there you'd like to, for us to put in our show fire it over it, we'll give it a listen and if it makes sense we will slide that sucker into our breaks so here we are back on track now Off the top, right away, want a big thank you out there to Mark and C4 Wrestling. I entered a contest on the old Facebooker and uh, lucky enough I won. So it was a super great opportunity. I brought my buddy Gary, uh, our our lovely girlfriends, were very nice of us to uh, change our plans so that Gary and I could attend uh, Jake the Snake's Dirty Details Tour. uh, Convenient acronym. And... uh, and so we went to the Yuck Yucks on Elgin and gave it a listen. So wasn't sure what to expect, what was going to come of it. I didn't really look into a lot of information ahead of time. Uh, I just know that I've heard in the past that Jake's shows are funny and the, he, he does them really well. So I was really excited to see it. Um, overall, the show was enjoyable. It was very short. It was an hour. Um, there was no opening act. Just... His girlfriend introduced him. Right into the show he went, told some stories, did some Q and A. Out the door he went. So that being said, I would have liked had there been a little bit more done up with it. Give me uh, you know a thirty minute pre show where you have a comedian come on who tells wrestling jokes. I don't care. Um, I just would have made more of an experience Um, You know, I was fortunate that I didn't pay for the tickets Uh, So I'm not sure how people who did pay for the tickets How much they were, if they felt it was worth it That's that and the other But let's get into the heart of it So this show was focused around uh, Jake and his snakes Um, I won't go into all of the detail about the stories Because I think, A, that's not really fair And B, um, I think it's something you should experience on your own And so I wouldn't want to ruin that for you. But, you know, the obvious point to start off the show, he did talk about he does not like snakes. He is afraid of them. So that being said, you know, that's kind of where the show led into. He started telling various stories about um, him and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, him and Macho Man, um, his snake breeder or handler that would provide him with the snakes, uh, his interactions with Vince. And, and all these things. And, and throughout this hour show, um, I have to say that I was super impressed with his ability to um, remember specific details about some of these events. You know, I think his history is well documented. The last couple of times I've seen him, uh, the real him, was both Beyond the Mat, which was really heartbreaking to see his struggles with his substance abuse, and then... The Resurrection of Jake the Snake, which I will tell you if you haven't seen yet, it is a must to watch. It is incredible work done by both DDP and Jake as well as Scott to do what they can to make this almost better. It has clearly worked and it's such an inspirational story that I cannot recommend it enough. That being said, given all the substance abuse in the past, I figured that most of his stories wouldn't be coherent, wouldn't make any sense. They'd be all over the place. But no, he was very crisp, very specific in what he was saying and how he was delivering things. You could tell he was a bit nervous out there. Um, I'm not sure where we fit into the tour or how many tours he's done before. Um, And maybe that's just how he feels being kind of alone on stage, center focus. There was something they had mentioned uh, ahead of time. You know, no video, no pictures, all that stuff. But also no hooting and hollering, no uh, yelling things out. I think because... He's got stuff he wants to say, and there's probably some apprehension about how it'll throw him off if somebody starts yelling something. So, luckily, for the most part, the crowd was behaved well, and they were very responsive to what he had to say. Um, so, going forward, you know, everyone was able to give it a listen, and uh, I'll tell you, his macho man impression uh, impression was fantastic. Uh, it was right on the money. I would say it's even better than Bruce Pritchard's, uh, which is saying a lot. Um, The stories were funny. They were out there. Um, You definitely felt the realism behind them. There was no denying that these, you know, really did happen. Now, obviously, you know, there's probably some liberties here or there just based on his own memory. But all in all, it was nothing too outlandish. Um, I could have listened to him longer, to be perfectly honest with you. Maybe not in such an uncomfortable setting of tightly packed within the um, Yuck X Comedy Club, but you know, if he has a, a DVD where he's telling his stories and in, in, in a stand up environment for longer, I'm all on board for that. Um, and all in all, like I, I was, I was surprised, I was impressed. Um, I did enjoy myself, I did have some laughs. Um, I just again would have hoped for maybe a little bit more, uh, something like StarCast. Might be a great spot for him where they can bookend him with other wrestlers telling their road stories. Not sure where else, you know, I could talk here or ramble on for nothing, but I won't. Um, So once again, if you have the opportunity, I definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I'm sure it's somewhere on his website on either, well, I know the tour list is on his website. I'm sure there's ways of receiving, you know, streaming or downloading or purchasing, I should say, a copy of the tour itself. I'm sure it's videotaped tons of some of the shows, um, but all in it was fantastic. I did like that he offered some Q&A. There was, you know, the questions were whatever. Um, they came from fans, and, you know, there was only a couple, but I liked that he was at least willing to. He was willing to open himself up to answer questions, and he did his best job given that he was put on the spot. Um, they were selling shirts. I didn't realize they were only selling at the beginning of the show. He was rocking this sweet like peacock blue, um, DDT shirt with had like a yellow and orange kind of DDT written across for his tour. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, missed out on an opportunity to purchase that one. Can't seem to find it on his site. Maybe it'll show up a little bit later. Uh, but if anybody knows or sees where you can buy one of those bad boys, please let me know. I know that my, um, collection of t-shirts is rather large. Um, but I feel like there's always room for really cool shirts. So, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm on Instagram at some point in time, I will uh, spend the time to show you off my collection. Um, but in the meantime, like I said, if you know where you can find these those Sweet DDT t-shirts, let me know. Again, make sure you check out the show if it's possible. If you can, you know, find it. Um, share the word amongst your friends. And, uh, and yeah, so once again, thanks. Big shout out to C4 and Mark for hooking me up and uh after the break I'm just going to talk more shop. Just I uh, have a couple other smaller items that I wanted to just talk about cuz I got to fill this show up and uh and then we will uh send you off on your merry way. So once again thanks for much and we will be right back. Can nobody take my pride? Can nobody hold me? Thank you all so much for joining me i do feel like it's a little too quiet here in the studio all alone really hoping that mark and i can set something up for next week pre-halloween share uh share some stories have a couple of laughs but in the meantime this last segment i'm going to call random stuff because that's what it is it's just random thoughts that i wanted to share And uh, hopefully Mark can share his opinions next week on what I have to say, uh, you know, or he'll shoot up some answers on Twitter, and uh, we will go from there. So, first things first, the man, Becky Lynch. She's still on a roll with everything that's going on. I just wonder, is it the same? When Becky was starting this storyline of having enough as enough she's tired of being second fiddle to charlotte and she starts fighting back kind of similar to what bailey is doing now just becky did it better and she started getting on the mic and whoever was working with her whether she, this was all her own thoughts or and the end the creative team and vance was just like just go with it Or if she had people working through it. Whatever the case may be. It was fire. Every episode that she was on of Raw or Smackdown was fire. You had her and Edge talking about things. And she burned him bad on his neck injury. And everyone was just really giving it. And you wanted... They wanted you to boo her. They wanted you to hate her. But everyone knew that she was talking truths. And everyone knew that she was creating something special I don't want to call it the next coming of Stone Cold because it's not because in all reality Stone Cold went through a lot of different phases and once he became big he really was talking less and doing more and then when he got involved with Vince McMahon and those storylines things really changed so he she is not the next Stone Cold she is Becky Lynch and she offered something different and Then she started going in on Ronda and in the lead up to Survivor Series and everybody, everybody was on board. These two were going to go at it. It was going to be something incredible. You had Becky attacking Ronda backstage and, you know, really making her hurt. And it really started to push Ronda. And she'd already worked a little bit on on her promos and her speech or whatever else with regards to Nikki, but, but but the stuff with Becky really opened it up. And then the unfortunate incident. Now, until it was actually announced what happened, that was probably, I think, one of the biggest moments in wrestling last year. You had Becky, who was leading the charge of SmackDown, destroying everybody, bloody-faced, willing to do whatever it takes to win and she's standing up on you know in the stands and and her face is a mess but everybody's like yes this is the one this is the one that's gonna lead us obviously the injury was pretty significant charlotte took the, the match into into survivor series but becky and ronda didn't stop they kept going twitter was on fire they were shooting jabs at each other left right and center it all worked really well, and then you knew that come WrestleMania, even though Charlotte really shouldn't have been in that match, but Vince, I'm assuming, you needed to guarantee that if all else fails, that Charlotte can help cover any mishaps or cover any shortcomings. But you knew it was going to be Becky Two Belts. And it's almost like as soon as Becky won that, the next day on Raw... WWE got behind Becky Lynch. And I feel like that's where things started to go down. Becky Lynch was the anti-hero. Becky Lynch was our hero. WWE didn't want this momentum to carry through. They wanted Charlotte and Ronda. But the, the fans, the universe spoke and said, no, we want Becky Lynch. And then once she won the two belts... It just feels like the impact that ben, that Becky is um, having becomes such more fabricated. The things she's saying, what she's saying in the ring, what she's doing. Yes, she's still winning, which is fantastic. But the things she's saying just don't have the same punch anymore. And it's I don't think it's because we've heard it before. I just honestly think because WWE is now behind her when we really want like the idea that she was doing whatever it took to get her point across, no matter what WWE was trying. It's almost kind of like the Roman Reigns thing now. I have gained a greater appreciation for Roman Reigns and what he does in the ring and what he does in the mic now that WWE isn't pushing him down our throats. I think that's the intended reaction for everybody, is that you want the viewer, you want the fan to get behind these people on their own. Instead of saying, hey, you have to cheer for this guy and you have to boo for this guy. Unfortunately, we're at the stage now where Becky and Sasha could have been something incredible in a long-term story. You had two characters that were both anti-heroes. And no matter what Sasha does, there's still a chunk of people that are going to cheer her on. And this was your opportunity. So you let the crowd decide between these two who is going to headline Raw and you just forced us to cheer with Becky. It's unfortunate, Mark. I'm really interested to see what you, you what you think. It's one of the things I want to talk about. Did WWE ruin the flow that Becky had on her own or do you think it's working even better now that they have the backing of the WWE? You out there listening? I'm interested to know what you have to say too. Next topic. The return of Drew McIntyre, thankfully. Now, Mark and I will discuss this Hogan versus Flair business next week, um, obviously as somebody who is not pro-Legends getting involved. I'll leave that till next week. But it was really nice to see Drew back. He looks fantastic. I love seeing Drew in the ring. And what I really want to see is I want to see a nice, good story Seth and Drew. I think these two guys can put on hell of matches. And I want to see Drew McIntyre holding up that belt. I think he'd be an incredible champion. I think that he is strong enough. I think he's got the look. I think he has the aggression that puts him as an excellent heel to go against whatever babyface you want to put in his way. And I think you could really push Going into Royal Rumble with having a champion like him. I think he would do more for the show than Brock would as champion on SmackDown. Drew shows up every week. He gets in the ring. He looks great in the ring. He can do a lot. I think they should really run with him. Fantastic to see him back. Hopefully we're going to see him more and really pushing what he can do, and where his, where he falls in the grand scheme of WWE. Next! Mark was talking about AEW last week, um, and just going over the show, how great the show was, I heard nothing but positive reviews about the show. At some point in time, I will find some time to get back into things, but reality sits in, I can only watch so much. Born and bred WWE slash WCW. One company now, let's go with it. I do think AEW is trying too hard to be the new WCW. That being said, that's a totally different conversation. I did want to focus on the idea of this faction, this inner circle. And I think it's too soon. I think that you haven't established your roster yet to make it worthwhile That you have this faction because this faction needs to go up against another faction in order to create this direct competition and the multiple storylines that you can feed off of it. The fact that you have Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho and then the faction getting involved, um, the name I get Inner Circle it fits in with Chris's rock theme, I, I just don't think it's that strong. I don't know what would be a stronger name. I can't even think of a, a possible name. But I just feel like your show's only like 3 or 4 weeks in. Let's let's lay down the landscape of your show. Let's set the foundation up. You haven't really you know, you haven't finished your tag team tournament. You don't have all your champions crowned. You your stories are kind of this that and the other And I just feel like there's an opportunity here to let's establish everything and then start introducing larger groups because larger groups require more work. You need to build out each component of the larger group so that everything that they do, every person who they are, all makes sense towards one goal. That's my opinions. That's where we're going. And, uh... You know, you guys can have your own opinions. I'm sure Mark will think a little bit differently than I will. I know that, uh, I know Taurus the Bull out there is uh, is really enjoying AEW, so I'm sure he will have some other thoughts as well. Once again, we're always available on Twitter. Love having conversations with everybody. It's kind of the fun thing. It's the nice thing about Twitter and social media is having those healthy conversations. There has been a lot of talk about... How do we use social media for good? I don't think there's anything wrong with having disagreements. I don't think there's anything wrong with having differencing of opinions. It's how you go about sharing your opinion and your message you want to deliver. This is where we should really be focused. We shouldn't need to resort to pettiness and cruelness and complete and utter disrespect in order to get your point across. Let's have an honest conversation. I applaud the people that I follow on Twitter who are willing to respond to a lot of the negativity and they try and do their best um to lay a more positive spin on things last but not least one to note a couple of interesting signings for impact wrestling first things first and i know ryan's going to agree people shouldn't sleep on impact wrestling it is not tna we understand it's not competing with wwe i get it it doesn't need to If you enjoy Canadian wrestling, if you enjoy Canadian independent wrestling, you should be watching Impact Wrestling. And why do I say this? Because a lot of the people that you see come to these local shows are on the TV. And there's some interesting storylines out there. The North are doing fantastic things. The interaction between these wrestlers is fantastic. It is as if you were going to a local show, but a higher production value on TV. Do not sleep on Impact Wrestling. Support them. They're on Twitch, they're on Access TV, they're all sorts of places, they're doing a lot of great things with trying to get their name out and trying to build their own niche and their own portion of the wrestling world. Um, But those two signings is Joey Ryan and Kaylee Ray. Joey Ryan is interesting because Joey Ryan was a sought after free agent and I call it free aging because that's just the easiest way to describe it. AEW wanted to sign him. WWE wanted to sign him. But Impact is the one who actually got him. Now, I'm not a huge fan of Joey Ryan. I, I do like the look. I don't like the soccer and penis gimmick. That's just not for me. But he's clearly valuable to, to independent wrestling. And he does run bar wrestling. So I think what's the other nice thing about Impact Wrestling, because it is taped... It does offer the wrestlers the opportunity to still go out and interact with their fans in local shows and do their own stuff. I'm all for that. I think it's great. The other one with Kaylee Ray is she left AEW. She asked for her release, I think after one appearance, and has signed with Impact. So I'm intrigued. What was the difference? Was it the schedule? Was it the locker room? And I feel like maybe that's what it is, is the locker room. I watch Ethan Page's vlog. He does a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with Impact Wrestling. Those guys seem like they're having a ton of fun. They're there just to put on great shows. They're there to have a good time with their buddies, which to some extent offers the, the better experience because people are there who are having fun will likely put on more fun shows. Hopefully at some point in time, she'll reveal the reason for it, but until then, we will be just forced to know um, will just have to speculate. I'm going with... It was a locker room. But what do you think? Let me know. Let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter. And uh share your thoughts. All right. So, that being said, we are all... done here this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Before we go... Don't forget to check out A Side of Poe, which is uh, what we're calling, or I'm going to call, our bonus episode series. We're going to get out there. We're going to do some more stuff. These quick little, um, you know, 10, 15 minute uh, sessions. It's marked on the anchor as bonus. I'm assuming as it filters through the magical podcast world, you'll also know that it's bonus. I'll also make sure we put it in the description so that you know. Um, This particular one, day one with WWE 2K20, the hits, the misses, the way misses. Um, but it wasn't worth a full show because I haven't had enough time with the game. So this is a quick hit. We're in, we're out. Um, and uh, and we'll go from there. So once again, check that out if you're interested in even getting the game. I think it's worth at least a listen. It's not very long. And uh, we want to thank you so much again for, for your time. You know, We see a consistent number of listeners. It really means a lot to Mark and I. And we love doing this. And the idea that people are out there listening to us makes us feel even better. So once again, thank you so much. Can't possibly say it enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And until next time, stay classy, San Diego. I mean, Ottawa.